Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and of course, I'm joined as always with my co-hosts, Darian Smith and Jimmy Marion. Fellas, it is officially game week, and you know, you hopefully you guys are uh, listeners are listening on Tuesday morning, just a couple days away from toe meeting leather Thursday night as the North Carolina A&T Aggies come to Birmingham at a protective stadium to take on the UAB Blazers and UAB officially kicks off the Trent Dilfer era and have having the inaugural season in the American Athletic Conference. Guys, are y'all ready to start this game preview and get cracking? Hey, yeah. I'm pumped, John. Let's do it, man. Yeah, let's do it. It's finally game week, man. I feel yeah. like it's been forever. We took a lot of crazy roads to finally get to this point. You know, uh, I'm thinking I just had a flashback and I thought about the hiring process. You know, we ended up with Coach Differ, but we all know the detour that took <laughs> in order to get to Trent Differ. So it's cool to finally be able to play some football. Yes, and I'm I'm ready for everybody to see kind of, you know, Darren, what we've been seeing at the facility, you know, all off season and getting ready to, you know, kicking off this season. So exciting times for UAB. And also, before we get started, we just want to plug the Patreon one more time, patreon.com slash blazerpod. Yesterday on Monday, we dropped our exclusive interview with Mr. HBCU football himself, BJ Jones. It was an incredible over 20 minute interview where he, you know, BJ does such a great job covering uh, HBCUs. You know, he he let us, you know, a lot of information about this A&T squad, about the Deion Sanders leaving Jackson State to Colorado and just HBCUs in general. Just a very great conversation. So if you're not a Patreon supporter, go ahead and join and listen to that interview. Again, patreon.com slash blazerpod um, and follow BJ Jones on Twitter at InsideHBCUFball. Um, but guys, before we get into just previewing this matchup, um, I, I want to get your initial reactions to the UAB 2 Deep that was released um, at the presser for, uh, last Friday. Did Darren, I, I want to start with you first. Did anything stand out to you about this 2 Deep that UAB that kind of surprised you? Yeah. Um... I, it's a couple of them. Um, first, it, it'll be it was a couple missing names that I wonder are are they the injured players? So you you think about Ryan Gunter at tackle. You know we got uh, what's his name Tennyson Hadfield as a uh, on the two deep as the backup left tackle. But I just don't think that'll be I. When going down to the facilities, I saw Ryan Gunter out there a lot. So I wonder if him, if he was injured. I didn't see Carl Fontroy's safety on there. I didn't see Tamarius Brown on there. Um, I know Jalen Mayala is kind of banged up. I knew about that one. And Ian. But, yeah, like Tamarius Brown and, 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 and Fontroy and Gunter, those three kind of really stood out to me. Um, so that was my first thing. And then the second thing is, like, and I kind of had this conversation with Steve Irvine on on Twitter is at that linebacker position, um, and we'll get more into it. But you know, we we're starting uh, um, Charlie Good, who is a redshirt freshman, if I'm not if I'm right. 
And then we have Everett Russo as a true freshman that's on the two deep at that linebacker position. And we also are starting Michael Moore as the Sam outside linebacker. And um, he didn't he didn't really play much at all last year. Now, granted, he dealt with injuries and he, he wasn't able to play. Um, so I had, I had to refresh myself on Michael Moore. I went back to an article Steve Irvine wrote when he was with 1819 News about him. Um, and it just talked about his long journey from Juco and all the injuries he had to deal with. But he really haven't he hasn't played football in a year and a half, you know, but he's been able to go through spring and and camp not injured. So I want to know more. He is like the guy that I feel like we know nothing about. And I remember seeing him at practice. And he looked pretty decent out there. He didn't have any flash moments, but. He did well, you know. I take that back. He did flash. I was like, "Who's ninety-five? Who's that guy?" I didn't know he was gonna come out of being the starter because Nakia Easton has been on his team for a long time. We have guys that's been here before, so for him to come out starting at that spot is is impressive. And even uh, we still have like Ike Roll back there who's gonna be brand new. Um, but they, he was a guy that was being raved on all camp, but. I'm really, really curious about that linebacker position where it's so young and it's so much. Only guy with experience there for real is Jackson Bratton. He was a backup last year. Now he did start coming on the final five games. He looked way better and way more comfortable. And he's taking on the leadership role. But I have my eyes out on that linebacker crew. I will be watching to see how, how much how they produce and how they perform. Yes, Jim, Jimmy, do you have any thoughts? Uh, I know you had some similar thoughts, too, because we talked about it the other yeah, day. Yeah, I, I was about to say, Darren, were you reading John and I's text thread because <laughs> you stole all my ideas? No, uh, you brought up some similar points that I was thinking of, Darian. You mentioned about the missing names, and one of those names was Antavius Woody, a transfer from Florida State that came in, and he was on the roster, and he was getting reps in practice initially at defensive line. Interestingly enough, if you take a look at the uh, UAB football roster, Antavius Woody has been moved uh, to the offensive line and he's changed numbers from 55 to 59. So and that's not that's not super surprising. And it makes sense on maybe why he was not included on the two deep. Maybe they're in the process, obviously, of moving him to that position. He was a really successful high school recruit and he played O-line and he played D-line. I think he went to Florida State um, as an O-lineman. They switched him to D-line. So he's kind of gone back and forth. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, if he's able to get into the two deep on the offensive line. Outside of that, I totally agree, uh, Darren, about Michael Moore. I'm very intrigued about him because he's got, you know, the uh, the height, the weight, you know, he's got the build of, of, you know, someone that could really make an impact, but he's dealt with those injuries for so long. And, you know, the only other thing I was going to mention was uh, a question that Evan Dudley had proposed during the presser was just the number of true freshmen, uh, 10 true freshmen in the two deep uh, this season going into the first game. And that's compared to three in 2022. Uh, those three freshmen, true freshmen, uh, that were including the two deep going into the A&M game last year were Taven Curry, Justin Goodwin, who's no longer on the roster, and Iverson Hook. So um, anyways, those those were the kind of the things that stood, stood out to me, John. 
Yeah, for sure. And real quick, you know, I, I love Michael Moore at that, you know, Sam outside linebacker. But, hey, we all know what Nakia Issa can do. So I, I really like both of those guys. Um, so both of them will be getting a lot of playing time for sure. Um, real quick, just on those, you know, the freshmen, that, that is kind of surprising. And I am glad that Evan asked him um, during that presser. And, I mean, you know, he, you know, he's not beating around the bush, you know. Trent is going to play the best players that he sees fit and that fits his scheme and that fits Sione Tafao's scheme. Um, so I'm excited to see those freshmen play. You know, this Thursday is going to be great opportunity, a great opportunity for all those freshmen, for all 11 freshmen. Um, and let's hope that you know, they, they don't have to be on the field long. Let's let's hope that this game is over by halftime and shoot, you can get the threes out, you know, and give them some uh, valuable game time experience. Um, I think y'all hit on all this, all of the things that stood out from the two deep. Um, but I, I do want to make point that, hey, this two deep is just for this week. You know, this is a very fluid two deep. So, guys, you know, you already see a lot of R's in the two deep. So I, I wouldn't read too much into it. Um, I, I think you're starting five. It offensive line is good, and you know we we've all talked about you know Brennan Moran or Lepowski, Nettles. You know there there's some guys that can definitely um, get into that rotation and maybe get into those power sets, um, in, in the game time situation. So, kind of kind of moving along from the two deep. You know I, I, well, I do. Oh, go ahead. It was it was one name that that Jimmy briefly brought up was Iverson strap hooks. And to see him start, you know, he was a guy that entered into the transfer portal and, and he came back. And as a guy, John, that we were seeing in practice and he was flashing like crazy. Yes. At receiver. I was so happy to see Iverson strap hooks in that slot listed as the starter because he was lights out out there. So with him, Fred Farion, another guy that I think will move up soon is Amari Thomas. So. Uh, I just need to highlight that real quick. They are so stacked at the skill position. Like this, this, this is going to be amazing. And we, all those guys that you mentioned, Darren, yes, they, they are like an Amari Thomas. You can't keep that kid off the field. Like we've seen in practice and you've seen at the scrimmage, what he's capable of doing. Like they've got to find a way to, to get him on the field. And Hey, and that's also, you know, uh, you know, for competition, like, hey, with some of these guys, like, hey, if you drop a couple balls, next man up, you know, the next guy is going to be right behind you, ready to flash and showcase his ability on the football field. So exciting times for UAB, hopefully for this year. And obviously it's game week, so we can go ahead and roll into NCANT previewing the Aggies. Again, plug the Patreon. Fantastic interview that we had with BJ Jones. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash blazerpod or just click the link in your podcast description right now, and that will take you over to the interview that we had with BJ. And again, it's only $5 a month, or you can prepay for a whole year, get an annual subscription, and save 10% off. It's football season officially we are 14 away from 100, so help us get to 100 subscribers today and have fun with all the exclusive interviews that we've had on that Patreon, whether that's Trent Dilfer, whether that's, you know, all the players that I was able to speak with at the facility, you know, Jackson Bratton, 
um, Ray Thornton, uh, Skull, Isaiah Jacobs, who we'll get to him in a minute, but expect him to have a good uh, game this Thursday night against A&T. Uh, but just great content. Well worth, I mean, I know I'm biased, guys, because <laughs> we create it, but I think well worth the $5 a month to join that Patreon. But let's let's go ahead and get into it. NCANT, they, you know, this is something that I asked Trent Dilfer at the presser last Friday is they're kind of a, in a very similar position like UAB. You know, they're transitioning up in the conference, you know, going from the Big South to the Colonial Athletic Association this year in the FCS ranks. They're a very prideful program, great tradition, great history, over eight national championships in that at that program. And, you know, they had a guy that had been there, you know, I believe he was there for four or five seasons. And, I mean, he just was seven and five last year, and they decided to make the change and go with uh, Vincent Brown, who is also, like Trent Dilfer, a first-time collegiate head coach. So uh, very similar situations with both of these programs. Now, Vincent Brown uh, played in the NFL for the New England Patriots. He was a defensive coordinator at William & Mary for four seasons and a linebacker coach too. So expect a great defensive minded uh, head coach for the NCAA and T Aggies. Now, when you look at the team as, as a whole, my goodness, you know, I think BJ said it best in our interview the other day. It's, it's, it's going to be a rebuild for the Aggies. You know, it's not a remodel who, you know, what Trent Dilfer said here at UAB, it's going to be a rebuild. You know, they've lost a lot of players in the transfer portal to, P5 schools, which is, you know, really um, indicative of how that program is and how, how, how many skilled players they've had at that program. Um, but they, they've also bring in a lot of transfers. So, guys, just just starting with the offensive um, side of NCA&T, I mean, typically they are a run first team. But I think with this, you know, from BJ's interview with us, like I, I kind of expect them to throw it around a lot more with this offense and bringing in the new offensive coordinator. But Jimmy, get, give us some just insight about what you see the NCANT offense looking like Thursday night. Yeah. From my little research on A&T thus far, what I can tell you about A&T offensively is that they've got five returning starters coming back and offensive line has, and will continue this season being their strength. They do lose a few all-conference caliber players in the offensive line, but they also bring a few back, uh, three starters, I believe, in the offensive line. Um, At the QB position, they've got options. They obviously lost um, to graduation their uh, starter from this past season, but in that mix of people that will be potentially named the starter for this year is a player that did actually start last season for A&T as a starter before he sustained an injury uh, three or four games into the season. They have a couple other quarterback options. Uh, as BJ Jones said on our Patreon show, Zachary Yeager is, is potentially going to be and most likely going to be named the starter. He uh, completed 27 of 59 passes for roughly 300 yards and a touchdown in four games uh, this past season, again, before he uh, sustained an injury. And they have another guy, Brick Handler, who's probably going to be battling it out with Jaeger. Uh, Brick Handler was a pretty highly ranked recruit for them at the quarterback position. So they have options at quarterback. 
but then when you start looking at their other position groups, you mentioned it, John, they lost a ton. So at the running back position, they had a guy, uh, last name Tootin, that actually transferred to Virginia Tech. He rushed for almost 1,400 yards, 13 scores, uh, and he had 10 consecutive games last year with 100-plus rushing yards and rushed for 256 yards in one game against Campbell. So he, he was putting up Debo numbers against people uh, in, in the Big South last year. But um, And at the wide receiver position, they lose a lot, too. So they lose their top three returning pass catchers from 2022. They do have um, a guy on their roster from uh, South Carolina you spoke about some P5 transfers that they've got. Uh, Jakari Caldwell is a guy to probably keep an eye on. He's 6'4", 195 pounds, redshirt sophomore. Uh, again, he started his career out at South Carolina. Um, and they have another guy, Jamison Warren, who had 20 catches last year for close to 200 yards in the score. But, you know, when I look at their offense, uh, again, I'm looking at a decent offensive line. You know, they've got some good off options, excuse me, at the quarterback position, but at their skill positions, they are uh, really going to be looking for some guys to step up because they're returning, or excuse me, they are not returning much production from the 2022. Darren, do you have any thoughts? No, I really was just learning from Jimmy, and I, I know from Patreon I had learned a lot because this is a team that's, going to go into this full on kind of transition, rebuild, remodel, that's the Trent Dilfer word, the remodel. Uh, but this is going to look more like a rebuild. It's just a lot of moving from coaches to conferences to players. It's, it's so much going on. I like the fact that at least that we know that they're going to come out in the three, four front which BJ Jones let us know. Again, that's why you should subscribe to the Patreon so you can hear a lot of thoughts that he had about the team. But that's, that's – we don't – he doesn't even know what they're going to look like on offense. No one knows. So I like to go on the known. I, I love to look at film and kind of see and know what to expect. But with so much coming in and so much coming out, I don't I don't know what to tell you, to be honest. Um It'll be interesting to see how the coaching staff is preparing for this. Um, and now I don't mean this in the none of this in a disrespectful way, John. <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't mean none of this in a disrespectful way. I, I'm, I'm saying it from the uh, from the viewpoint no. is that we that that we don't know, like we don't know anything, and it's. It's make it that much more difficult to prepare for, to be honest. But uh, at least we know what they what they look like kind of on defense. I can't tell you what they look like on offense. Um, I kind of like it for our young players because this is a, a a program with some history, with some good history. They they compete for titles. Um, they have historically they have good players. They got players they put in the league. So this is a good program, a prideful program. So I like the fact that we get to start off with the prideful program, but they're kind of going through a transition right now. So that kind of gives we have a new head coach. We have some young freshmen, young sophomore guys that will be starting and being in the rotation. Um, and to kind of give them a, you know, they can take off a little bit more softer, uh, just not going against a fully stacked, not not the A&T team of last year that 
anybody can be beat in college football, but it's more likely that that team last year, the A&T team last year, could have beat us than this team because of all the transition they're dealing with themselves. So I like having a soft launching pad in a sense and um, for our young guys to adjust. That's my thoughts. Yeah, Darren, no, you you are not wrong at all. Um, It's not disrespectful. Um, But I I did want to say, you know, this is something that I asked Trent at the presser. And, you know, Trent put it well. And he said, look, right now we're focused more on us. Yes, they will be prepping some film. Yes, they will be, you know, preparing for the Aggies. But the unknowns are, you know, there. You know, none of us know what A&T is going to look like, you know, looking at what they did in the spring, I do anticipate them th- trying to throw it a lot more than they have in years past. But right now, hey, you've had a grueling fall camp. You know, UAB's coming out of a grueling fall camp. They are tired of hitting each other. And Darian, I know you can exp- <laughs> talk about that a lot from firsthand. You get so tired of hitting up on your teammates, you know, getting in fights, arguments, you know, with your teammates. Now you are finally able to hit somebody with a different color, you know, a non-white or green gold jersey for the first time in a long time. So this, you know, this Thursday is a lot about finding out who UAB is going to be. And I also like that Trent said at the presser, hey, they're not going to hold anything back. They're not going to be very vanilla you know, on offense and try to hide anything. So Georgia Southern next week, you know, won't be able to see they're They're taking this, you know, for real. This is a real game. They're going to try to find themselves and try to play off, uh, play off the things that they practice on since spring. So Jimmy, I, I know you wanted to give one more comment um, on the offense and a guy who really local play uh, local listeners in the Birmingham area might know. So I will throw it to you, Jimmy, to uh, discuss that. Yeah, just real quick. Uh, I wanted to say for, for Blazer fans, if you notice a uh, A&T contingency there in protective stadium on Thursday night, it would make sense. Uh, obviously they're a prideful program. I anticipate them that bring some fans to the game, but also because they got a little bit of local flavor from the Birmingham area. So uh, we talked about, the running back that they had last year, Tootin, that actually transferred out, he went to Virginia Tech. And I don't know if this was a part of the deal, but A&T got a returning player from Virginia Tech at the same position, and his name is Kenjai Christian. And for those of you who don't know uh, the name, he's a 6'2", 207 redshirt sophomore running back, and he actually starred locally at Pinson Valley, won a 6A state championship over number one seed Spanish Fort, a few years ago and was a really talented uh, player coming out of uh, the Birmingham area. And then there's also another player at the receiver position, Jay Avery, uh, who's a really good athlete, track and field stud, uh, who UAB, the previous staff, had you know had recruited a little bit. But he, he ended up going to A&T to run track and field as well as play. He's just a true freshman, so I'm not sure if you're going to see Avery uh, get on the field, but definitely be looking for number seven at the running back position, uh, Kenjai Christian. Love it. And real quick, just on the Aggie defense, I mean, just just like the offense, uh, they, they've lost a lot of their production from last year. In fact, they lost their top three tacklers, uh, two to the transfer portal and one to graduation. Um, Taekwon King transferred to East Carolina and Jacob Roberts uh, transferred out to Wake Forest. Uh, one, 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 
player that UAB fans might want to take notice is, is Avarian Cole, outside linebacker, six foot, 190 pounds. Um, last year he had 31 tackles and a couple interceptions. So um, quarterback uh, Zeno might need to uh, watch him on the field. But like Darian mentioned earlier, the, the defense is just like the offense. There's just a lot of unknowns on this NCA and T program. Um, so we're just going to have to wait and see. But again, if you want more content um, in regards to just NCA and T in particular, you know, I, I want to plug the Patreon again. You know, BJ Jones gave us a fantastic interview um, with what to look forward to from the Aggie side. Um, Jimmy, you, you can go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say about the defense, um, they have an inexperienced front seven, John. You mentioned the tacklers that they had lost uh, production-wise, which is just not the norm. BJ talked on the Patreon about just the talent that they've had in that defensive line, and they don't have that this upcoming season. They've got some good players, don't get me wrong, but they are replacing three all-conference caliber defensive linemen from last year's team. And you mentioned the Varian Cole at linebacker. He certainly... Uh, going to be, you know, a stud for them this year. And then uh, outside of that, uh, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention their secondary. Uh, their secondary is actually pretty dang good, and they're led by uh, a Karan Pruntry, uh, who actually started his career out at the University of Kansas. He started all nine games during the COVID uh, 2020 season, so he played uh, at the University of Kansas, and he was a starter. And he's at A&T now. And uh, this past season, he had 32 tackles. He had four interceptions uh, and 10 passes defended. So he's he's really going to be, you know, your lockdown defender, uh, you know, in that secondary for A&T. So certainly watch out for him. And again, I just always like to mention the local flavor. So they do have a player uh, on the defensive line that's transferring in from Jacksonville State. Uh, Mitchell Etheridge, the third, he's a 6'1", 245-pound redshirt sophomore. He's a defensive end, and we talked about just the losses they've sustained on the defensive line from last year. And he's someone that did have five tackles and a sack for Jacksonville State this past season. So I could certainly see him in the rotation, and I could certainly see uh, a contingency there uh, in Protective Stadium uh, cheering for him as well. And and the things that I will personally be watching for is going to be all mostly going to be about us. So one, of course, I know everybody's going to be looking at the play calling. We want to see how much, especially on offense, we want to see how different this offense look compared to, um, you know, what we had under the past regime. Um, Both coordinators will be on the field this time. That'll be new. If I'm not mistaken, um, didn't New Mexico State ain't, ain't, ain't that's where didn't Dylan go to New Mexico State along with Brian Vincent? Just disrespectful. It's New Mexico. No, 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 no. I'm being State. so serious. I, I, I was you're gonna to cause a riot. You're gonna cause a riot <laughs> oh between New Mexico, and New Mexico State. <laughs> we are not previewing the New Mexico Texas A&M game today. Let's okay? talk about UMass. What they did at New Mexico State. <laughs> you see, y'all taking it there. I was asking a real. I was trying to make sure because I saw Dylan didn't start, and that bothered my soul. Like I am. I'm a Dylan guy through and through. I'm like maybe my guy is hurt or something because I will. He was, you know, like our like our son. He was the Blazer Victory Podcast son over here. So I can't I can't switch up on the players. Like I throw some shade on some coaches, but I can't switch up on the players like that unless it's like Tuazama or something. But 
anyway, like <laughs> before y'all before y'all took it so negatively. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna be looking for the play calling to see how diverse it is. See the pace. Second thing I'm gonna be looking for is penalties. How how good we play mentally? Like are our guys fast and and do we play clean? Is that really just the players? Was that just how they played last year? Was it more of a culture? that was built. Um, I want to see how good and sharp Jacob Zeno looked. You know, I'm really focused in on him this year. I wonder how many backs we use. Like, because we can use, what, six, seven, or something like that. Some some absurd, absurd number to where we trust all of these guys. Um, and I want to see on defense how many freshmen will be ro- rotating in. Um, cause I think it's a given that Russell and Ricky Lee will be out there. Just how many more Chris Bracey. Um, I would like to see if our old line is ready. Are they ready? Will we see them blowing guys off the ball? Will we see them, um, giving up any sacks? Um, I want to see how ready they are. Um, I had one more, one more. I want to see some of the new guys on defense. I want to, I'm really curious to see Chris Bracey and Ike Roll, guys like that, Charlie Good. I already told you about the linebackers. I'm ready to see what they bring to the table. And I'm ready to see if we get a fourth and one. At our own, you know, at maybe at the opponent's 45. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see how aggressive something tells me that Trent is going to be aggressive and I just want to see how aggressive I want to see his uh, coaching style and and those are things I'll be looking for love it well guys let's just go ahead and jump into score predictions so you know again game is Thursday night at 7pm we hope that everybody can make it out to protective stadium to cheer on the team but if you cannot, it will be televised on ESPN Plus, and also you can listen to on uh, the radio 94.5 uh, Jocks FM, too. But, Jimmy, I want to hear your score prediction first. What, what do you what do you got uh, looking Thursday night? Just ripping the bandit off. My first score prediction, you're going to make me go first? Uh, <laughs> so, my score prediction for Thursday night, I'm picking the Blazers, UAB 48. And NCANT 17. Ooh, 17 points. Ooh, spicy. I was going to say, uh, spicy yeah. With the 48. <laughs> spicy. Okay. Trent, Trent's going to want to put up points. I mean, I thought 48 might be low. Mm. Mm. Oh. All right, Darren. Darren, what you thinking? UAB 41, ANT 7. That's that's really close to what I got. I've got it uh, UAB forty one NCANT ten. I think they get on the board twice. So, so unfortunately, you know, for the the last the last two years, you know, UAB has like had two shutouts, and I believe they've won by a combined score. Jimmy, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it like ninety to nothing the last couple? Was was two years ago Jack State? Yes, Jack State and Montgomery. Yeah, yeah, it was 59-0 last year, and I want to say we won like 31-0 or 38-0 somewhere. So maybe it was even worse than that, but yeah. Well, let's see. Hopefully they can do a shout-out. But yeah, I, I think NCA&T is going to get on the board some. Um, but 
hopefully, you know, guys, we will be back. If this was your first Blazer Victory podcast, listen, we will be back for an instant reaction after the game Thursday night. It will be probably late after the game, um, but we will be back to recap what all went down against uh, NCANT. And hopefully we'll have a uh, recap episode like we did last year with Darian and I when we recapped the Elba A&M game. And we were like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> 58, nothing, you, you know, you really yeah, could, couldn't we get were, a whole lot. We're going lot. undefeated. <laughs> like, yeah, we're going undefeated this year. Let's go, Brian Vincent. But it, it didn't go that way. No, it did not. Well, guys, remember, hey, uh, so you can support the Blazer Victory podcast by joining the Patreon, or if you don't want to join the Patreon, you can subscribe to this podcast right now where you're listening, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Podbean, iHeartRadio, wherever, hit that follow or subscribe button so you do not miss any future episodes, and that includes Thursday night, our reaction, and maybe something before then, but we'll see. Um, definitely, but Darian... Go ahead and close us up. Blazer Nation, go Zers. <laughs>